All right, so I'm sitting here with uh, A Hood Gat while we're talking over Skype, and uh, he is the author of the Lilith series. And um, uh, thanks for coming on the show. That is way cool podcast. And uh, go ahead, man. Tell us what your um, what your book is about. Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, the Lilith series is a sci-fi series about 300 years in the future. Uh, mankind and an alien race called the Orions are in the locks of a very, very uh, violent war. And um, in through it, um, as the Orions are making their final moves, basically ready to defeat mankind... Um, there's a small group of space marines aided by a very enigmatic uh, bounty huntress by the name of Lilith that find themselves in the heat of things trying to save humanity. Uh, that's the, the basic premise. The, um, the first book, which actually chronologically is the last, happens right after the Orions actually make their endgame move and... Earth and all of the, uh, the the colonies on the solar systems just go silent, and there's only one colony outside the solar system that's uh, free, and, and this is where it starts with Lilith and those Marines there trying to maintain order as society as we know it basically comes to an end. And uh, does this happen like in our timeline? Is this like distant future? Yes, it is. Um, it happens. The, the, that book happens uh, around uh, the 24th century on our timeline. Um, I think it's uh, 2312, the, the exact year. Um, so approximately although, well, 300 years from now. Yes. Um, of course, um, it's a very, very different kind of human society. Uh, both in uh, technology and in the way uh, people conduct themselves. Uh, the, the whole of humanity is united under one government, although it's a federal government kind of uh, very much like the federal government of the USA, where you know the states have their own individual powers, and if you go from one state to another, or in, in the case of what is called Earth United, from one colony or province to another, uh, you'll find different culture, um, different norms, occasionally different laws. Uh, but as, as a whole, mankind is actually united. They left behind uh, the, the petty differences of religion and race and sex and all that. It's, they've so grown past that. So it all works out in in your timeline. Uh, it's not a dystopia. It's it's kind of like a, more kind of like Star Trek, like a federation of uh, advanced advanced people. Yes, it is. Um, in my view, I think uh, a lot of uh, difference based disagreements are uh, because of ignorance. People uh, fail to see the the. Uh, advantages of the other side or the different opinions or the different people. And I think that as we become more open, as society becomes more open to, to different ideas and, and more cultures, then mankind actually comes together. Um, and I think that especially with the outside threat of an alien race, it's kind of hard to feel a difference 
from one guy to another because of skin color or, or uh, sexual preference when you have a, a real alien race that's, you know, they're all looking at you as humans. They're not thinking uh, race or color or, uh, yeah, or, or preference or religion. Their differences kind of unify uh, the, the people of Earth because, like, you know, it's a comparatively – uh, you know, the them is now like something out of out of this world. Yeah, literally out of this world. Yes. So, so do we get along with the with our new alien brethren? Or are we? Are they? Is it bad uh, right not really? Path? It is um, actually uh, the war starts almost immediately after first contact. Um, the. Uh, Earth United history shows that the uh, Orions, those aliens, um, they attacked first in uh, one of the uh, outer colonies. And as uh, military intelligence believes, their intent is to uh, quell mankind, not allow it to expand, maybe even completely destroy it. And this is a war that has been fought for almost a century at this point in the timeline. Um, the, the Orions have the technological advantage, but mankind is very fierce, especially when they have nothing to lose. And so uh, th there is a, the war is almost stalemated. And it is when the, the story starts that the Orions actually make a their end game move and suddenly overwhelm earth and mankind. That sounds very, very cool. And um, how many books are in the series so far? Right now there are two. Um, the first one actually tells that story, the end of the war, basically. The next one is actually more of a, a prequel because as I was writing that first one, it was intended as a standalone book. Um, but, you can't write 300 years into the future without creating a whole history of what happened in between. And I realized there was this really great, amazing universe that I created, and there were a lot of stories worth telling. So this is the, 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 the actual series from, from that first book actually goes backwards in time into the height of the war, it stays with the same characters, but as they were younger and what they were doing. Um, there's another book that the second book is uh, happens about uh, four and a half years before the first book. Um, working on a third one in the trilogy. Yep. Well, it's going to be a trilogy for now. But you're uh, but you're actually creating this whole oh, this whole world, so you could do as many books as you want it because it sounds like there's a lot of stories there. Yeah, and um, I'm hoping to keep on working with it. It's it's a very uh, complex and, and uh, colorful universe. There's um, a lot a lot that you can do when you're thinking about history of a future that hasn't been. You have a lot of creative liberty, and I've been working with it. Um, I mean, I know that if we look like at Star Trek, uh, the, the history of Star Trek before the Federation, but after our time is fascinating. The, the first contact with the Vulcans, um, things like the eugenics wars and, and things like that. And in the same way, the, the Lilith universe, um, there have been 300 years in between now and then. 
and a lot has happened and I feel like I can touch so many things. Uh, so I'm not planning on finishing writing that universe anytime soon. Yeah, that sounds like there's there's tons there. And, and speaking of, um, you know, doing what you want in this universe, uh, you said that you had intended to turn it into a role-playing game, kind of like Dungeons & Dragons? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I have found as, as a role-player is there's a big challenge when you uh, create a role-play adventure. Uh, you want to have a wide world for your adventurers to play in, and a lot of times you have to rely on things that already exist. This is why things like uh, Star Trek or um, Star Wars or uh, Lord of the Rings universes, they are very, very uh, conducive to role-playing adventures because you have this expanded universe that exists there. There's a lot of knowledge that you can use in order to create your adventure locations and... Uh, uh, different creatures, monsters, um, beliefs, uh, things like the Force in Star Wars, or um, and and a lot of history you can lean on, and um, like uh, the Star Wars again. If you look at the Old Republic, it it gives you something you can build on, and. As I'm as I'm creating this this amazing universe with uh, different colonies and uh, people with with very different kind of uh, cultural uniqueness, like people that grew up in the asteroid belts that are very thin because they grew up on a very uh, low gravity world or uh, things like that. There, it it gives me a lot of uh, setting where I could put in a, a role playing adventure. As a veteran uh, dungeon master or game master, I I really enjoy going into a world that's already prepared, and I have something there. I'm really looking forward into turning this into a role play adventure. Yeah, with the um, well, it's great with with when you put something in our timeline is the as the audience can kind of write their own stories you know by filling in the blanks of what they think how how could we have gotten there you know how could this have gotten to this point and then you know your imagination just goes from there so like uh, being able to play it out and roll some dice and you know like actually play out that what you think is is going on in this world you know that sounds like a lot of fun it is um i think I mean, when when you write a story, especially one like so far in the future, there's a lot of historical references. Like today, we reference uh, the the Second World War or uh, the Lincoln assassination because those are uh, events of historical importance. Now, 300 years from now, who knows what are going to be those those historical references you you turn to when you want to make a point. So there's a lot of things like that in the book, and people would be like, "Wow, I wonder what this actually was." And they can play that time. There there has been a a, a really big war between uh, Pakistan and India that ended up with a nuclear exchange, for example. And that's hundreds of years before uh, the the actual stories. So you have a lot of freedom if you wanted to play that period. Right. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. You. So so, 
and there's a lot of uh, factions that are mentioned and and different um, different ideas and and different uh, groups that that don't necessarily take a lot of uh, part in the books, but if you go a little bit further or a little bit backwards, you can use those as a setting for your own plots. And there's a lot of freedom there. And it's kind of nice when, um, I mean, if you read the books and, you know, large metropolis like a moon port on the moon are, are uh, uh, mentioned or, or planets and, you can take those that they're already there and say, well, let's see what I can do over there. How can I mess this up? Right. That's, that's kind of like a big part of uh, role playing is like, you know, you want to, you kind of want to go into uh, somebody's world they created and, and make a mess of it. Yeah. I know that uh, as a game master, I have had a lot of fun playing in the Lord of the Rings world and in uh, the Dragonlance world with uh without uh characters that i was familiar with but in settings that i was familiar with with uh fighting uruk high near helm's deep yeah for example that was just fantastic i could see myself there um and i am really looking forward to seeing people that uh may have never even spoken with me and they've read the books, and they want to have an adventure. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they would make of this world that I created, and now they're expanding on and they're contributing to. I think it would be wonderful. Yeah, um, once the fans get a hold of something, it really does just take a life on its own, you know. Yeah, it does, and and I'm looking forward to that. I. I started writing because I had these wonderful stories in my head, this this amazing places and people, and I wanted to share them with the world. I think um, I'm looking at a lot of the fan fiction and role play adventures that you see from like the great franchises, Star Trek and Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and it is fantastic to see what people take these um, existing universes and do with them the amazing things people create if you just give them a little bit of uh, background and give them freedom to use their own creativity. Yeah, definitely. Um, your main character, Lilith, uh, how, would, how would you describe her? She is uh, one of those characters that it's kind of hard to decide if she's a bad guy or a good guy. Um, she's, uh, in her own description, she is mostly human. She, um, on the one hand, a very intelligent, very driven woman. Um, she has her goals and she's not going to let anything stand in her way of getting her goals. Uh, a lot of times she'd get to them by stepping on other people if she has to. But on the other hand, she's also very um, morally um, – she, she has a conscience and it, it, it keeps on interfering with her ambition and her uh, driven nature. So she's constantly in a conflict with herself. 
Um, a lot of people find her as very uh, intimidating, very threatening, because she's she's not afraid of showing her own uh, qualities, her intelligence especially. She looks down on people if she feels like they're not as smart as she is. Uh-huh. Um, she can be very violent, and a lot of times without any real justification. She's not the, the kind of person that would say, oh, well... It was self-defense I had to protect myself. It was more like, well, I could I could beat them, so I did. All right. Uh, Unashamed. Yeah. And um, it puts her in a very interesting position because on the one hand, she really she, – she looks at her uh, position as I do what I, what I do because that's what I got to do. And she doesn't make any apologies for it. But on the other hand, she does question herself. I mean, are, am I doing the right thing? Is this really the right thing to do? Um, she's uh, a loner. She's, she does not play well with others. That sounds and like a good is, character. You know, the best characters are, are, are morally gray. You know, like uh, that's one of the reasons why I don't care for Superman too much as a character because he's most of the time he's just the blue boy scout, you know, unless someone like yeah. controls him or something, you know. Yeah, Superman uh, is is incapable of doing wrong. That's um, and I do have um, uh the opposite character to her in many ways. She's uh, also one of the good guys. Uh, her name is Lana, and she's one of the Space Marines. And she she's one that would never. She 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 really is the the blue boy boy scout um, kind of type. She would she would die before she'd do something that would be morally wrong or even morally ambiguous. And it's the clash between the two of them that that. Um, really brings to light the differences because you on the one hand you have someone that is just not going to let morals stop her from getting where she wants to go and on the other hand someone that uh, feels that the way you get to somewhere is just as important as the uh, the, the the end product that the end does not justify the means the means are just as important that sounds like a, a good uh, a good foil, you know, a good a good dynamic there. Yeah, I, I feel that it is. Um, it actually kind of uh, the funny thing was it kind of got out of my hands as I was writing it. I originally did not uh, see Lilith as that kind of a complex character. It was as I was clashing her with Lana and the two of them were very much at odds that I started seeing the the the. Uh, complexity and the depth of character that it takes to be morally, as you said, morally gray, not quite a good guy, not quite a bad guy, somewhere right there in between. Yeah, well, it sounds like, uh, Ehud, it sounds like you have a uh, deep love for your characters, which I know is important when you're writing a, a universe like this. Um, in these last few minutes, is there anything that you would like to promote and let the audience know? Well, um, both uh, books that are already published are on Amazon. Um, they're uh, – I, I don't know if you could like put links or uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll have you uh, put on links. And um, 
Other than that, I am working on the uh, RPG system. I'm not quite finished with it, um, but it's going to be something that's kind of based on uh, the GURPS system. Um, I'm not going to have the whole hit points and um, that kind of uh, um, life there, but rather, you know, if you get hit, well, you're in trouble. I mean, we're talking about this is the future. You got laser and plasma weapons. They're not, they don't, you know, do a scratching hits and that. You can't take uh, multiple plasma blasts, you mean? <laughs> unfortunately, no. Um, your character is, is, is a, a, a human or, or, or humanoid, probably. And yeah, uh, if you take something that's burning several times hotter than the surface of the sun, yeah, that's not going to look good. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to scratch this off with a little bit of a potion. So uh, I'm working on something that's more... Um, basically, you have your luck. If it gets through your coverage and your armor and all that, well, you better hope you have enough luck to uh, avoid getting hit. Um, it's, it's going to be a little complex, but I think it will work well. Um, I would, uh, if, if people would like to contact me, I have my Facebook page, and I'm always happy to talk to people, listen to people. I love hearing what people have to say, and yeah, I think that's basically it. All right, yeah, I'll put all of those links on the website and um, uh, a hood gat. You can reach out to him on Facebook. I'll include your your information and uh, how to get get your book and um, eventually how to play that RPG. Yeah, I I really hope to have that one uh, maybe even ready by the end of the year, like a really fleshed out system that people can just take it into their hands, read the uh, the quick reference, and start playing. Excellent. I'll be uh, I'll be happy to volunteer as a play tester once it gets to that point. That would be awesome, Luis. All right, man. Thanks again for uh, for coming on the show. Uh, that's Ahood Gat, author of the Lilith series. Uh, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Luis. <laughs>